Hi, everyone. It's Jen Nawal on the Leadership Habit Podcast this week. I am so excited to welcome back Keith Bailey. For those that might remember, Keith, amazing storyteller. And today we're going to talk about how to use storytelling and networking. But let me tell you a little bit more about Keith. Keith has had a passion for public speaking since experiencing a seminal moment in the fourth grade. From the hospitality industry to the global corporate sales, he learned the power of storytelling for profit, influence, and fun. With 16 years as a personal and corporate coach, Keith is motivated by the success of others in his quest to help you live a life well-spoken. Knowing that good speakers are created, not born, Keith started Articulated Intelligence to help prevent unintentional audience abuse through a proprietary gamified storytelling technique called With One Word. You're going to hear a little bit more about that now on the podcast as Keith and I talk about how to use storytelling in networking. Welcome back to the Leadership Habit, Keith Bailey. Yes, it's so exciting. I loved having you, or I loved having you on the first podcast that we did a few years ago talking about storytelling. I know that's what a big part or component of what articulated intelligence can help people do. And then, of course, to our listeners, you might remember Elise. Elise was on our podcast a few months back talking about networking. And today we're going to make a bridge. We're actually going to bridge how to use storytelling in networking. So welcomed back to the Leadership Habit Podcast is Mr. Keith Bailey. Keith, how are you doing today? I'm doing absolutely wonderful and so excited to talk about one of my absolute favorite things, networking, which is live action, choose your own adventure, role-playing game. It's, It's the best game. I try to play it as often as possible. (laughs) I love your enthusiasm. And to anyone else, they're like, here's my eye roll for what I think about networking. Because it can be hard. It can feel uncomfortable. It can feel awkward. I love the choose your own adventure that you threw in. (laughs) And and that's an important part. Like, To to be honest, we all have our moments where we want to do stuff and don't want to do stuff. And and I don't want to network all the time. Like I don't wake up out of bed every single morning, but let's go talk to strangers. But it's one of those mindsets you need to put yourself into. Like if I'm going to go networking, it's on my calendar. I might as well approach it with with, with the right mindset, which is that choose your own adventure. It's a live action role-playing game. It's where we are. So stepping into it, first and foremost, is getting yourself into that mindset. And, and one of the things that we highly recommend doing is doing a little bit of research on where it is that you're going. Who do you think is going to be there? Who are some of the people and the possible conversations you're going to be having? And just getting into that mindset as opposed to walking into the networking event, wrapping up that last important email, hitting send, and be like, all right, I'm ready to do this thing now. Because you're not. You're not in the right mindset. So it's kind of like uh, uh, creating a fire line, right? A little bit of a fire break in there. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with all this stuff. I need to have a little bit of a break and then get myself in the right mindset before I enter this space. Because if you don't show up with the right mindset, it's it's going to be less fun. And then you've got that in the back of your mind. Like, well, last time I went, it, it, it wasn't as much fun. It's probably because you didn't prepare yourself. Yeah. I mean, there's not enough that could be said for the benefits of taking how I interpret that. That's thinking time. Just take some thinking time to be able to think through what you want. Who might, I love the questions you provided, like who might be there? What do you want to learn? Or 
Who do you want to connect with? But we never gives us, give ourselves thinking time. And it's just funny because I feel like we often might kick ourselves for not getting what we wanted. And it's just because we're going too fast. But I know we're going to go all into how do you storytelling and networking. And of course, we can use this outside of networking, but we're going to really go into that for the episode. But before we do that, Keith, what have you been up to? Uh, maybe introduce yourself for those that haven't heard you or Elise on our previous episodes. Go ahead and tell us what our what and who articulated intelligence is. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Jen. Appreciate it. Hello, everybody. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Keith Bailey, I am a professional speaker and public speaking coach. I have always loved speaking. I had a seminal moment in the fourth grade where I fell in love with public speaking. I'm one of those people. And in 2017, I finally made the decision to leave corporate America and to follow the path to help business professionals live a life well-spoken, with the purpose of preventing unintentional audience abuse. We've all experienced unintentional audience abuse. It's when you're sitting in that meeting or that conference and the speaker's just not connecting with you. They're speaking to facts, figures, and data, and you never really get to understand the why or the person themselves. Those are all forms of unintentional because the speaker didn't mean it. Audience abuse, because really when the speaker is speaking, it's no longer about them, it's about you, the audience. And what gifts are you giving them as far as information and, and, and usable content? So what we really focus on with articulated intelligence is, is helping people, business professionals, become better communicators and speakers. And we focus on the stage, the Shakespearean stage, that all the world is a stage. And how you show up on that stage is a direct reflection of your personal and your professional brand. And one of the things I mentioned, Jen, is, uh, is a role-playing game. Because for all these different stages, you need to show up as a, as a version of yourself. You're always you, but you need to choose who needs to show up on that stage. Funny story, I'm sitting on a, on a plane flying out to the East Coast to, to meet with a long-term client of ours. And I'm sitting in the middle seat and I've got my laptop out and I'm, 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 you know, I've got the uh, uh, T-Rex arms as I'm trying to write. And the gentleman's sitting next to me, you can tell he's just a little fidgety, a little nervous. And he looks at my screen and he's like, so, uh, so what do you do? And I was like, I'm a professional speaker and, and public speaking coach. And he's like, oh, I hate public speaking. And I lean into him like, you're doing it right now. This is public speaking. And I said, you're doing a great job of it. <laughs> you're asking an open-ended question to get a dialogue started. So that's that's what we do. My business partner is Elise Bloom, who was on the, the podcast a few months ago. And we are a tag team. And we really focus on just helping people step into the best versions of themselves and be able to articulate in a specific, concise, and memorable way. I yeah, it's I love how simple. And of course, that's through your own practice of, of what you know, how you can describe that. But it's so clear of what you do. And of course, we've all had those moments where we might sit in the audience and wonder, what was the point of this? Should I actually just get up and leave now? Or should I pretend I have internet issues and then I'm going to need to automatically right. drop from this meeting? Um, so I love that we're talking about, because you're right, so many people fear this. There's I mean, there's the triggers, right? Of I'm not good enough. What will they think of me? Imposter syndrome. And I know that that stat is out there and I still have such a hard time of believing it that people fear death um, or they feel public speaking more than death. Yeah. I mean, is that still really true today? Especially knowing that we actually are all speaking. We just mm -hmm. not, we just may not all be 
being heard. Um, So I like that differentiation that you make is that you're doing it right now to the man on the airplane. (laughs) So we're going to be diving in to talk about how to use storytelling and networking. And I know that when people typically think about storytelling, they might actually reserve it towards that presentation that we have to give where we're influencing or asking someone to do something. We might even, if we allow the thinking time, use stories and how we email people or what we talk about on a team meeting. But I think in networking, sometimes people might be like, that's the place? That's the place? Are you sure? And that also might be the scariest way to use it. But tell me, why is it important to use storytelling when we actually are networking and building those relationships? The reason it's important is from a lesson I learned from a boss that I had long, long ago, I, I had the, the the pleasure of doing smile and dial. I sat in a cubicle, I had my list of numbers to call, and I was calling number after number, and I was getting no business whatsoever. I was getting a lot of hangups. I got a few, how'd you get this number? Uh, <laughs> then the hangup after that. And my my boss shared with me, he's like, you know, you're, you're, you're phone fearless. That's a great thing. He said, but you're always stepping into the business side of things, which is very salesy, and it's off-putting. He's like, I encourage you, the next phone call you make is to sell them nothing but the possibility of a conversation to build a relationship. And here's the key behind it is because people don't buy from businesses. They buy from people, people that they know, people that they like, and people that they trust. I was at a coaching event a month ago, and I was having a conversation with a, with a financial planner. And he's like, you know, the advice you give me today just really helps out. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to move forward this because... Usually when a networking conversation kicks off, the other person asks the famous question, so what do you do? And he's like, I would tell them I'm a financial planner. He's like, and subconsciously, I could see them all just moving their hand over to cover their wallet or grab a little tighter onto their purse. And, and it's, he's, like, he's like, I just ran out of places to be able to take that conversation. He's like, I always dreaded networking events because at some point I would have to tell them that. I talk about money, which is like a few of the taboos that you just don't talk about with strangers. So in networking, the objective here is to, is to put the person before the profession, first and foremost, is, is we're programmed to answer what do you do with a professional job? I'm going to give you a, a trick on that, that you can avoid that one and really get to know the person and put the person before the profession so they get to know you, like you, and start building upon that, that trust factor. Oh my gosh, I love the person before the profession because, I mean, for the most part, people have scripted responses, whether it's something you want to avoid, I'm a financial planner, or you're not even engaged. So if you talk about using story to potentially create a future opportunity for a conversation, if we're not even connecting in the first place, then why would I want to have a future conversation? And sometimes we're not connecting when we have our default, this is what I do for a living. Yep, I work here done it for this long. I don't know. (laughs) We've all been there. What do you do? Or you risk the asking a question where today there's so many layoffs where someone might've been laid off. And that's actually the last thing that they want to be asked. And we've got, I love that perspective of seeing the person first, like see that first. Yeah. (laughs) Another thing to keep in mind, right? The the psychology behind what's happening in a networking event is everybody shows up and everybody's in their own heads. They've lived there all day long and they're so deep in their heads. And uh, part of the reason why names are difficult to remember when you're networking is as the other person is introducing themselves, you're repeating your own name and getting ready to introduce yourself. That's why you can't hear them because we have a monoprocessor. This thing can do one function really well at a time. time. I saw a great teacher said multitasking, doing two things poorly at the same time. 
So when we get into, when, when somebody asks us, so what do you do? What's really happening in their head is they're queuing themselves up to talk about what they do. So they're not hearing what you're doing. So one of the best things you can do in a networking event is to help pull the other person out of their head and bring them into that moment, which is why in a networking, when somebody asks you, what do you do? The way you answer it is saying, personally, I. And it doesn't have to be your deepest, darkest secret. It can be anything. Like one of my go-to these days is, let's role play this, Jen. Let's role play this. Okay, you're let's do it. I'm here me, for it. You're, you're going to ask me, well, what do I do? Jen, Jen, Jen DeWall, is it? It's so nice to meet you. So nice to meet you, Keith. What do you do for a living? Uh, personally, I am embracing my midlife crisis. Oh. By, <laughs> by, by, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, studying to become a pilot of all things. Yes, of remote control airplanes. Oh, a little less risk involved in that. What made you get into that? <laughs> yeah, it was actually my nephew. I was out with him and he had this remote control plane. And I remember having dreams as a kid to want to fly planes. And technology is here. 120 bucks later, I bought this little foam airplane and it brings me the absolute greatest joy. I take little work breaks. I go out to the park. I fly for 20 minutes. I crash for five of those. And then I come back into to work again. What about you, Jen? What do you like to do personally? Oh my gosh, you're making me think that I actually should buy an airplane right now. Because <laughs> it sounds like I'm going through the motions of life. You learn, you give up, you crash, you keep going. And now, so my question to you is, would you really say to, if someone is asking you that question, what do you do that you actually have a completely different answer that is actually unrelated to your profession? 100%, 100%. Because my objective is, is to get to know the person right? Person before profession. You're asking me, what, what do I do? So I'm going to give you something personal. It's a little bit of a gift. And because I'm giving you this gift, I'm giving you the opportunity to get to know me a little bit better. Uh, because I, I say something that's a little quirky. You might like me. Uh, the fact that I'm, I'm self-deprecating that might build a little bit upon the trust as well. And all this is a small investment into relationship equity, right? The relationship equity of, of knowing the whole person. Because eventually, at some point in the relationship, you're going to have to draw on that relationship equity. So you might as well make some investments in the beginning by sharing something of a personal nature. And the other thing that it does is exactly with us, we could spend the next who knows how long talking about hobbies and things we've, you know, metaphors for life. Uh, it's all about creating a dance floor of conversation, places we can move within our dialogue, knowing. At some point within the conversation, we will get to work because it's part of the American culture code. We will to discuss our jobs at some point. Right. But because we've had this other personal connection in the beginning, if the job thing doesn't land between the two of us, we're like, ah, boring stuff. Let's go back to talking about what we have passions for. It's an easy segue to get back there. But if we've never started there, we've never been there, it's really awkward. We're like, all right. Uh, financial advisor don't need one. So what do you like to do personally? It's clunky. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you do if you're, because I think about even people that feel really uncomfortable with small talk and all of a sudden someone's given you, what do I do? I, I fly, I'm, I'm taking flying lessons. How do you respond to that? Like, how do you start? Because I think for some of those people, they might feel really uncomfortable that now you've thrown them off of the script that they wanted to have to feel more confident to go into that. Any tips for what you would say to the listener? If someone does give you, I would say something deeper to play with, how yeah. might you best be able to respond to that? 
there's a there's a great quote by uh, Dale Carnegie. In order to be interesting, be interested. And this is uh, one of the superpowers of people who I identify as as introverted. Like I have more of an introverted nature. Well, if that's the case, you need to be outwardly more curious. So with that, you did exactly the same thing in in our conversation. You started asking some some questions, some follow-up questions, and you're keeping the focus on the other person. At some point, the other person is going to uh, appreciate this, right? It, it feels good. Like you're flushed with dopamine. Somebody's paying attention to me. They're really interested in me. All the psychological effects that happen to us. But at some point, it's going to turn and they will likely ask you, what do you like to do personally? So if you're yeah, kind of hesitant about that, just when the other person is speaking, give listen to what they're saying. Because so much of what I'm sharing are jumping off points. Your mind is jumping off onto like different topics. Because I talked about my nephew. Well, if I ask you personally, what do you like to do? Maybe you have a, a, a memory of uh, an experience you have with, with a niece or also with a nephew. Like, oh, I, I have a nephew who likes to do this, this, and this. It doesn't have to be anything huge. It doesn't have to be anything earth-shattering. Because flying remote control planes is not earth-shattering. I mean, I just rode with my nephew in a car. He just got his driver's license on Friday and I rode with him for the first time and I survived. That's her children. <laughs> how, how many uh, hand gripping, fake breaking moments did you have? You know, a few, a few. He actually did a good job, but it's still that nerves of, I watched you, what, you have a, you can drive now? But I love that. And, you know, I know that I've read research and I'm sure you're familiar with that, that when we talk about the things that bring us joy, that actually can accelerate our ability to build trust with people versus starting with, what do you hate about life right now? Which yeah. seems obvious, but I think there are a lot of people that find themselves in a complaint I don't know, a complete conversation that, of course, we all cannot exit fast enough. But I love that tip of like even adding on things that bring you joy. What do you do for fun? What, what are you doing these days? Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to just be work. That's people want to actually know more. The reason people hate small talk is because it's awkward and it's too yeah. surface level. Yeah, <laughs> like we, we could pivot off and have a whole conversation about learning to drive. Like I've got so many fun learning to drive experiences. And here's what's really fun about this is. Uh, what's what's most common is most universal because yeah. driving is is a thing that happens all over the place we can talk about bad drivers we can talk about good drivers and we can just go down that that path and again a dance floor of conversation we 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 have so much room to move we could spend the next hour just batting the ball back and forth and getting to know each other yes I love the dance floor metaphor, right? Metaphor of like understanding it that we're just trying to create a bigger area to be able to connect and move and yep. hey, hopefully maybe take away some of that awkwardness and make it a little bit more fun. Yeah. So it's in a networking environment, Jen, somebody else can enter the conversation. And how daunting is it to enter a conversation where they're talking about dentistry or they're talking about law or they're talking about something that, that you have no, no connection to? It's difficult to, to become a part of that conversation. But if we're saying talking about driving, it's an easy pivot to the other person. Like, all right, we're talking about driving. Worst driving experience. What was your worst driving experience? Suddenly they're in the conversation. It makes it fun. It makes it easy. It, take, it takes the pressure off. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the people that might feel a little bit more nervous can just relax a little bit because it's not this high stakes business conversation where we're talking about how great we are, or what we yeah. can do. I laugh because those are, that's honestly, those are my biases towards some networking is that, 
you know, people are quick to jump to what I'm trying to sell you or to making themselves seem like the biggest deal in the room. Mm-hmm. And they just get less and less away from feeling human. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, so person before the profession is humanizing the, yeah. the individual, because when the networking event is over and there's an opportunity to carry the conversation forward, how nice is it to have that follow up? To, to, to each other, like, hey, Jen, I uh, hope you're doing well. You've survived your, your next driving experience with your nephew. That, that's a, a really fun personal way to keep that conversation going because right. we're going to move into, into a professional conversation. There might be a connection there for us to continue to reach out to each other. Yes. So starting with that personal piece is just investing in that knowing, liking, and trusting piece. I love that. That's a great like first tip. And now we're going to, and what you already did was use story in a comp in a short term, like conversational format. So, mm-hmm. okay. We have to, before we get into it, you know, I think we've talked about a few ways people get it wrong. One is, you know, just pushing or networking all over someone, which is how that feels. Um, like you're just like, I'm pushing everything that I have, but what are some other things, you know, when you think of storytelling and networking, where else do people get it wrong? So the one we had is in a uh, in in you asking me what I do, and I I deflected by answering personally. The yeah. the, the conversation is going to start where either you ask a question or I ask a question. But if, if I come into a networking event, I know exactly the first question that I ask, and I always ask a a best question. It's a big question to ask, and what it is about is is giving them an opportunity to to talk about something very positive because they could be having a bad day, right? We talked about jobs. By asking a best question, it gives them a chance to tell a bit about themselves. So the, the way that this works is we come into a networking event, I would ask you, so Jen, what's what's been the best part of June for you? Well, the best part, we talked about that earlier, becoming foster parents. Becoming foster <laughs> parents. Now, again, dance floor of conversation, but by asking you a best thing, I can also now gauge what resonates with you and of your value system, what's important to you. Yeah. I, I want to take register? just a moment and just and, and step into a professional setting with this best question. Because Elise and I yeah. do this regularly whenever we have client calls. We had a client call. We always start off with asking a best question. It was early in the year. We asked, what's been the best part of your year? One person that's on the call answered with the fact they got to make soup with their stepmom and spend time in the kitchen. Very, very important moment. The other person, we asked them, I still have a job. Getting his temperature on that set the expectation for the whole rest of the call, exactly how we were going to move forward in this space, because we had our agenda of other things we wanted to discuss, but because of understanding the person, putting the person before the profession, we opted to to hold back a little bit on on perhaps pressing a part of the agenda that we wanted to, to bring into the conversation for the sake of the human being and where the duress that they were under. So that asking a best question really opens it up to understanding where they are in that moment. Yes, I like that. And best, it could be anything. What is your best memory? What is your best job? What is the best thing about this summer? What is the best thing about your job um, that you get to do every day? I I love that. You're you're at a conference. what's, What's been the best breakout session you've experienced at this conference? Yeah. Right, that, it's such a positive thing. And it, again, I'm going to go back to dance floor. That's, that's what all this is about. I want to be able to move around this space and feel comfortable. Yeah. I love the line of questions. Now, when we, the line of questions are helpful because again, it's more, I guess, more 
the data and information that we have to build our small talk, you know, strength, which I think is hard for many of us. Crosscom is a global organization dedicated to developing effective leaders. Companies all over the world have seen their managers transformed into leaders through our award-winning and accredited leadership development programs. Our signature BPM program provides interactive management training with a results-oriented curriculum and prime networking opportunities. If you're interested in learning more about our flagship program and developing your managers into leaders, please visit our website to find a leadership trainer near you. Or maybe you yourself have always wanted to train and develop others. Crestcom is a global franchise with ownership opportunities available throughout the world. If you have ever thought about being your own boss, owning your own business, and leveraging your leadership experience to impact businesses and leaders in your community, Crestcom may be the right fit for you. We're looking for professional executives who are looking for a change and want to make a difference in people's lives. Learn more about our franchise opportunity on the Own a Franchise page of our website at crestcom.com. Storytelling, still a hard thing for many people to get. We, we kind of, I think storytelling can be really confusing for people that don't do it or where do I start? And yep. what if I become that person, like my uncle that I just saw that will tell me a 20 minute story. And I'm still like, what was the point of that story? I'm not really sure what the point oh, of the story the tangents, is. The tangents, yeah. I, I believe that a good story <laughs> is a short story. A, sh- a story should be specific, concise, and memorable and give the listener, especially in a networking event, an opportunity where they, they have a choice, right? Choose your own adventure. They want to choose to keep this conversation going and ask follow-up questions to, to learn more about you, or they can choose to deflect to go into a different direction. By getting into a long-winded story, you're really taking that away from them and it's going to deter and detract from that relationship equity because they'll be like, oh my God, I... 100% no with this person. So how can we tell a specific, concise, and memorable story? Yeah. And it is a, a, a part of an, an acronym that stands for SARM. And that SARM is, I think I've got a slide for this, Jen. It's, it's this. A story needs to have a situation, needs to have an action or that moment in time where something happened, and then an outcome and a resolution. Let's take, let's take a quick moment and look at the, the ones that I've shared with you today. I'm sitting on the plane flying to the East Coast. I'm sitting in the middle seat with my hands like, uh, 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 like T-Rex. That's the situation. The person next to me asks, hey, so what do you do? I tell them and they say, ooh, I hate public speaking. Resolution is I lean in next to him and say, well, we're doing it right now. Situation, action, resolution. That, that's all that the story needs to have. And the story needs all those elements. Or else it's like a conversation I had with somebody the other day when I asked him, what's been the best part of your summer? Mountain biking. I'm about to turn into a dentist. Well, what, what part of mountain bike? Oh, getting outside and mountain biking. Oh, what kind of mountain bike do you ride? I ride a trek. Well, what's one of your favorite places to go ride? Chatfield. Like, it's just like, now we're just like hitting that punch. That's, none of those things are story. Those are all details that could be wrapped up into a story. But by giving that situation if somebody asks you what's been the best part of your summer, say, oh, this past weekend, I'm out at Roxborough in Colorado, and the trail, it's rained the night before, and the trail is tacky. And I'm on my Trek mountain bike, and it's just me and myself for the next two hours. And for the rest, for those two hours, I just rip it and care about nothing else in the world but just the wind in my face. That's a story. Yeah. I want... I- Tempted to do that. And I love the descriptive adjectives too. How do you add? Because I, I think it's easy to understand the situation, you know, what you're doing, the action, 
the resolution yeah. or I, from where I sit, I should say, I probably imagine it's different for everyone to come up with this. How do you add meaning to it? Um, I want to back up a second uh, before we get to the meaning piece. Uh, yeah. Because the, the, mean, the meaning is what, what it means. To you. I'm not right. Let's go with that. Let's talk about the meaning, what it means to you. And it's, it's your personal connection to the story, right? In this one that I made up about mountain biking in Roxborough, I never have. But the, what it means, like the meaning you could add to that is, well, let me ask you, what, what does it mean to you to be in, out in nature, have time to yourself and just give back to yourself? What does that mean to you? Oh my gosh, that's, that's heaven to me because it means I'm, you know, I'm untethered or I'm just untethering from technology and giving myself a break. There you go. And in a conversation, so if you're having a dialogue with someone and they give you that situation, that action, that resolution, they rarely get into it. And what it means to me is this. So as the whole being curious piece, you could ask them, well, what, what does it mean to you to, to have had that experience or to, to make that time for yourself? It's like, oh, and then, then they go into a deeper piece of it. So we can deepen the conversation by asking them, uh, what, 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 you know, what, what's your personal connection? You know, mountain biking, like, why, why did you ever start mountain biking? It's like, oh, my dad or my best friend or my brother who passed away. Like, you're going to get so much more out of them because they're talking about something they're passionate about. Right. And, 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 oh, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to hit upon from, from a location, like, how do I add those little elements into it? Is this is this is a simple breakdown, right? From a, uh, from a location, from a situation, give, give us a geographic location, anchor the audience geographically. And then give like who's happening, well, what, what's happening, who else is there. Your action is, this is the key piece, is that moment in time where something happens. Dialogue is a really fun way to, uh, to, to enrich a, uh, a story, as well as adding tension into that, a little bit of, of, of friction into that, into that piece. And then the last part from resolution is, well, it's just the outcome. Yeah. As a result of the action, this this is the outcome. So whenever I tell a story, whether I'm uh, sharing a story from the stage that I've practiced and I've rehearsed, or if you ask me an impromptu question, I default immediately to what is the situation? What was the action? What's the resolution? And I deliver on that every single time. I, and by doing that, obviously, you've already talked about plenty of benefits that people can connect. They can, you know, be more curious to actually get to know you at a deeper level. They can or find, you know, those connection points, the common grounds that we have. And so that's quickly, obviously, bleeding in. And I know I'm doing this at the high level to the no like and trust. Like there's a reason that we use story. I forget the stat, right, that. Stories are more memorable than facts and just throwing that. I don't, there's 22, there's some statistic out there that shows the significance of mm -hmm. why do you story, but you're already demonstrating like how quickly I'm sure that there's people that were listening of, I love mom biking. I had my truck bike. I remember those mornings or I do like to go in nature, but I want to see how good I actually am at putting this into action. I'm going to make it about me to see, because I, I realized I answered your question wrong, right? Based, based on what you had said of, you know, what was your best thing in June? I answered that wrong. All I said was I'm a foster parent, you know, like that was something. So technically like that's not the right way I should have answered that. Um, so if I was using it, Hey, my husband and I recently took the plunge into foster parenting and we took in a 12 year old young woman. And we have found that there's a lot that we don't know there's some things that we do and we've got a lot of room for improvement and we're going to give it our best. We know every day is going to be great, but I know what's important is to be able to give back and to show people that they always have to be beginners at something 
at multiple times throughout our lives. I don't even know how. I but if you, if you like, how about this? I, I sprinkle in one little piece of moment in time where something happened with with you and your your foster daughter, right? Just yeah. like just just like a, a simple thing, like for, for like a, for instance, like for instance. This when I took her to Unicorn Fest a few weeks ago, and that is not what she wanted to go to, but I knew she wouldn't like it. But I wanted her to have a typical teen moment of eye rolling what Unicorn Fest is. And yes, Unicorn Fest is a princess type festival. They had one here this summer. And I just wanted her to act like a kid. And I fully knew I was going to get the eye roll. But I'm sure parents can probably relate to the, t- the preteen eye roll that we got when we pulled up there. <laughs> Is that like an action yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Unicorn Fest. It's 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 something that happened. You took her there, and the eye rolling, all that. Absolutely. Like that's because it's hard. It feels clunkier. So, do you have any advice for how you can get your repetition down? So, if you're writing, so the acronym again is SARM: Situation, Action, Resolution, Meeting. Would you? Are there any questions like going back to your slides that you had had? So, for the situation, like what was the specific location? Would I would mm-hmm. I start with the location first? So you know, um, let, 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 let's take, let's take your, 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 your foster uh, yeah. story is my, my husband and I have recently become, become foster parents. And one yeah. of the first activities we, we took our foster daughter on this young 12, 12 year old woman is we took her to unicorn fest in Denver, Colorado, in Denver, <laughs> Colorado. Is it the Denver convention center? Is there, it was at a park down in Littleton. <laughs> okay. At a park in Littleton in, in, in Denver, Colorado. Right. Mm-hmm. That gives that that gives situation. And we know that's the three of you going there. And even when we told her we were going, she was like, I don't want to do this. But you know what? I wanted to have a typical team moment. And we show up. So this is where we get in the moment of time. And we show up and we get the tickets. And I look over, I give her her ticket, and she just like uh rolls her eyes at me. And I'm like, Yes, this is exactly <laughs> what we're looking for. And then you're you've got that, that's your moment in time. You got your resolution. And as a result of having taken her there, I'm like. Now I know the things that she doesn't like. She knows what she doesn't like. And what this means to me in sharing this with her is it's as important in life to know the things you like, the things you don't like. Oh, I love that. And even, yeah, I like that. Because even when I think about as you were sharing that, the resolution I would share is she went there hating it. But by the end, when we walked out, she went in there not wanting a face painting. And when we walked out, she had a full face painting of all the pink squirrel and glitter, a swirl and glitter. And so we knew that sometimes it's important to push them out of their comfort zones in hopes to, you know, probably have a different experience. That was again, clunky, but that's what you inspired me. Like that was our win was that she actually went in being like, I'm not getting my face painted. And then she, by the time we got up there, she changed her tune and she walked out with a full face painting. <laughs> and by the way, that, that dialogue that you gave there is, is, a so there's many kinds of dialogue there's the dialogue that we're thinking in our own heads our own internal dialogue there's the actual dialogue back and forth and then there's projected dialogue what you gave is projected out like her attitudes really said like i don't want to be here i'm definitely not doing this is stupid i'm not getting face painting and then she got her face painted and she loved it and she kept it on for two days right like so <laughs> dialogue is just a fun we do it naturally and you ask like how can you get good at this practice yeah. Practice uh, and and going into it with with purposeful practice. So one of the things that uh, we recommend with the clients that we work with is if you're going to go into a networking event, is that that personally one I've got mine teed up, knowing that it's going to come back around again uh, to, to back to me if if, if if for me to talk personally about it. 
Uh, also, the really big question, I know exactly what I'm going to answer with. So if you ask me, like, what, what's the, the really big thing that is, you know, what's the best thing that's been a part of your June? I'm going to give you a story about the trip that I just took to Kansas City, where the whole family got together for a, a pool weekend with my uh, aunt and uncle from, from the Netherlands. I'll tell you a short story about that. So going into that networking event, knowing exactly how you're going to answer the best question and having perhaps even practice that out loud is yeah. very helpful. Yeah, let's talk. I love that you talked about the thinking time, you know, just starting again. And I forget what you would use to say that, but like really getting about who's going to be there. What do you want to get? What would be, and I, cause I know we have to wrap up. What would be some tips on preparation of, you know, even getting to the story, are there specific stories? You know, if it's best, should I think of what's the best thing so far this time of my life? What's the best thing about this conference that I'm attending? What are tips and tricks that you might have to help people better, I guess, prepare or anticipate for when they're going to use this? Yeah. So if it's, a, if it's an organization that you belong to, whether it's my high Sherm or a, a professional organization, you're going there for the first time, which is daunting to go in and meet people that are established in a place where you know nobody. Yeah. Asking that best, what's the best part about being a part of this association? Uh, how, how many years have you been coming here and why? Right. Anything that leads with, with curiosity. Curiosity is your, 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 your best armament for going into any situation. So asking those kinds of open-ended questions is, is great. It can be any open-ended question that has either a, a first, a best, a last, or perhaps even a worst. Those are triggers for stories that take people into their minds and looking at very specific places. So yeah. any, any question that has first, best, last, or worst in it are just easy ways to get into, to start a dialogue with somebody else. And then, okay, then I have to ask this because this might be the fear. How do you, so let's say that you maybe didn't take the time to prepare and think about your story. You find yourself jumping into a story or committing that unintentional audience abuse that you alluded to earlier. How can you tell if maybe it's time to wrap it up? Is there anything that you would give for advice for people of how to tell if maybe it's time to wrap up that story or move to a different direction? In, in a networking event, if you've been in a conversation for, for, for more than five, definitely more than 10 minutes, it's, it's time to wrap it up because that's not what the networking event is, is about. Now you're just getting comfortable, uh, like, like a frog in slowly boiling water. And you're just like, well, this is where I am now. It's time to wrap things up. And because it, it is a professional setting, there's nothing wrong with saying it's been an absolute pleasure to, to connect with you. I look forward to staying connected with you. Let's talk about the, the exit of that conversation in just a second. But, but let them know that I, I, I came here with a goal to meet, to meet three new people or to meet three members of this organization. Who else do you know that I should be speaking with? So now they're going to make an introduction of, of you to somebody else. Like, you need to go over there and talk to Bob. Bob is this, this, and this. And you can go find Bob. Hey, Bob, Nancy told me to come and have a conversation with you. I am. And then you start the conversation over again. Yeah. Let's say mm -hmm. the conversation has gone really well. And there's a connection there. And you want to keep the dialogue going. I still believe that there is an incredible return on investment when you're looking at business cards. They're great. They have their place. But not every business card is going to be one that is, I'm going to call them for business. In fact, a lot of them end up just sitting on a desk. Because on that business card is the phone number. People not really want to call. Uh, they're, not, they're not phone set. There's more texting involved. Uh, maybe it has your mobile number. 
Okay, they'll, they'll text you. Likely not. Uh, it has your business email address on it. How many personal emails do you want to get into your business email address? Amongst all the other emails that you get, somebody's following up with you about the, the driving experience that you had. Right. It's not necessarily the place to keep that dialogue and conversation going. I'm a fan. I don't have any other uh, social platform except for LinkedIn. It is the professional platform for dialogue and conversation, both personally and professionally. So what I like to do is I utilize my mobile device. I have LinkedIn on there. And uh, there's actually, when you click on search, there's a four square button up there that goes to a QR code. And now I can make an instant connection with that person right then and there in that networking event. Yeah. I, I, I'm biased towards that one now because that one, I don't business cards. Like if I don't write right away or then I feel, I think I was taught that if you give someone your business card, then that's the consent for them to start selling to you. And, you know, cause they have, you have to actually give that in certain countries, you have to give your permission to email you. And so I'm reluctant to want to necessarily give my email to everyone because I may not necessarily be interested. So I like the safer place and playground of LinkedIn versus then I'm going to start to have more emails to go through that I never wanted to go through. Yeah. Especially if the conversation is like, we have got to do business together. Here, this is my, this is my business. It has my email address on it. Email me. Like that is an open invitation. Like, all right, we're at business. We've landed some business time to move that direction. But most of the time, it is uh, it is it is keeping the dialogue going, and LinkedIn is perfect for that. And let's let, let's take just a moment, Jen, and and talk about a misnomer in networking. We have a, a, a this fanciful thing that in networking uh, is like I'm going to go out there and meet my get my next big business. That's the same way as being single and going out in the now of the time. Like I'm going to meet me a life partner tonight. It doesn't work that way. Right. In addition to that, <laughs> this is where the true, at least talks about this, return on networking happens. You and I have a connection at a networking event. This has been great. Let's keep the dialogue going. So we connect on LinkedIn. What else is on LinkedIn? Everybody in your network who is a, is a second, to, is, is a first to you, but a second to me. I now start following you and, and, and keeping the conversation going, perhaps with some private messaging, or you post things on there and I make comments. All those comments get seen by the people in your network. They start getting exposure to me, and suddenly this is the, the, some of the uh, uh, the workings, inner workings of, of LinkedIn. Those connections start happening as well. And there's a there's a thing known as you know uh, the the true value of the relationship is the person's network. That's their net worth. Yeah. So the objective here is to get to know, like, and trust the person you meet at the networking event, knowing that there's a really good possibility if I nurture this network really well, that they're going to introduce me to the people in their network. Yes. And that's only going to happen if they know you, if they like you, and if they trust you. If you're starting on a personal note, you've already made that investment. You're one step closer to them connecting with people that they know, like, and trust that they want to connect you with. Oh my gosh. Keith, I feel like you've dropped a lot in our time together and I'm not even going to be able to paraphrase all of it, but I I, I will always love your one-liner of like taking that time because you want to prevent unintentional audience abuse. And then of course, like 
hey, thinking about what stories do you want to tell? How can you disrupt the traditional you know, questions? How can you put the person before the profession? And then, of course, you, short, you shared with us an easy way that we can more concretely tell a story using the SARM method, describing the situation, the action, the resolution, and the meaning. Keith, how can they get in touch with you to take this conversation further? Come find me on LinkedIn. Uh, Keith, uh, I think it's Keith MJ Bailey at uh, on LinkedIn, also articulated-intelligence.com. We, we post a lot of blogs. We talk about these things. LinkedIn for us is the place where we keep this dialogue going. And this is what we talk about. In fact, uh, we have a blog coming out this week that is about the final countdown, the last 24 hours before your big presentation. How do you go from the last 24 hours to taking that stage and ensuring that you show up and nail that presentation? So we talk about speaking and taking stages and, and communication. So follow us on LinkedIn and, and check our blogs out on our website, also our other services on our website as well. If there's anything about the spoken word that you're looking to improve upon, we're the right business for you. Keith, thank you so much for just coming in, sharing tips, sharing insights, sharing your amazing way that you can craft quick stories and then giving really easy tools for calls to action. It was great to have you back on the podcast and connect with either Keith or you can connect with Elise, but head on over to articulatedintelligence.com. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Jen. Appreciate it. I look forward to, to the next time I have a chance to connect with you, invest in our relationship equity, which... I love so much and also a, ch a chance to connect with your audience as well. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode with Keith Bailey. I loved hearing the simple ways, SARM. We know that we've got that, a new framework. Even thinking about the one word, I hope that you have great and more fulfilling and impactful networking situations as a result of listening to this podcast. And if you want to connect with Keith, learn a little bit more about him, you can head on over to articulated-intelligence.com or connect with them on LinkedIn. Again, the company is articulated-intelligence.com. And if we can help you in any way to develop yourself as a leader, to develop your team so we can actually all be our best selves, head on over to crestcom.com. We offer a complimentary leadership skills workshop that's fun and engaging and heck, actually leaves your team walking away, feeling empowered and confident in their abilities to actually connect. So if we can help you, head on over to crestcom.com. And thank you so much for listening. Until next time.